All right, now let's take a look at C2. A noun's accent and an adjective's accent is not recessive, but persistent. Remaining on the syllable on which it started, unless it is forced to move or change, normally when the length of the ultima changes. So, verbs are the liberals, they're moving left. Nouns are the conservatives. They want to stay right where they are, and if there is any movement necessary, we move to the right. All right? So, now, the thing about nouns, and this is a very important principle for you to realize. I, or the book, or the dictionary, has got to give you where the accent starts. With a verb, I don't have to. You know the accent's recessive. With a noun, it could start on any legal general rule syllable. Okay? So, for example, if you have this word, or you have this word. Well, I, I kind of do that naturally. <laughs> you know, this, this could be, it could start here. Could start here, could start here. Or, in the world of Josh, if I'm going to accent this here, short, long, and I'm going to accent this here, it's got to be, you know, by that major modification rule, it's got to be a circumflex. So any one of these accents is possible. And of course, I can't have a circumflex on logos because I don't have a long vowel or diphthong. It needs that. It's kind of like the point guard can play on a floor that isn't very well, found, you know, the foundation's crumbling, but the, but the heavy power forward could break through if you don't have proper you know, support <laughs> underneath. So basically, you need that. Now. Any one of these four is a possibility. Let's take another word. Let's take a bigger word. All right? Possibilities here. Could be this. Again, we've got this rule here. Could be that. Could be that. Okay? Could be any one of those. Now, uh, let me take another one here. Now that syllable is out. So you could have here, you could have here, but in fact it would be that same rule, or you could have there. All right, now, uh, this is very typical, that nouns just don't change anything. Now where will you see a change forced? You'll see a change forced in this specific situation, when the noun's accent began as far back as allowed by the major modification rule, and then something happens. So here's an example. Let's take a word like this. Thalassa means sea or lake. How many syllables back is that accent? Three on the antipino. 
Now, you know by definition that last alpha and the ultima has got to be short. Otherwise, that wouldn't be legal. All right. Now, it's immediately in jeopardy the minute that ultima turns long because of another form, such as this. All right? Now, that's long. What happens now? Well, this major modification rule is going to kick in. So, it's going to have to move. And that's what it'll be. It'll still be as far back as possible, but more general rules are trumping it now. So it's got to move back. Because now, this syllable is out of play. All right, let's take another example. This is that one I put up before. That's actually where the accent starts. That's a circumflex at its maximum, correct? All right, let's do another form of this. Whoop, long ultima. Long ultima. Well, what do you think is going to happen here? Remember I said nouns are the conservatives. They will always do as little as possible to modify. What do you think happens? Yeah, I mean, there, there, there are going to be two possibilities. One is it changes to acute. The other is the circumflex pops back a syllable. All right? But in fact, you guys are exactly right. That's what happened. It changes. So that's what we mean. You see these two illustrations up here now? That's what I mean on the sheet when I say the accent is persistent, remaining on the syllable on which it started, unless it is forced to move or change. Now, what's interesting about this is the observation under paragraph B, the last line with that NB, which stands for nota bene, note well. All right, take a look at that. In both cases, that is to say, when the ultima is long, the word's accent will tend to be an acute on the penal. Just cut that, please. Uh, kind of bringing all this around by way of a summary here now. What you have is the possibility of an acute accent and the possibility of a circumflex accent. And essentially, when the ultima is long, you're going to wind up finding acutes on the penal most of the time, just because of the way the rules work. Now, I'm, there is a note in your book, I think it's on page 20 or something, which says this, that we're going to be discussing later in chapter 4 what happens when the accent begins on the ultima. There is a little special pattern that happens there. 
You don't have to worry about that now. That will not be a factor. And by the way, those of you doing the cell book, this was one of the problems with his exercises for chapter 2, is he put one in there that began on the Ultima, which is out of sequence. In other words, that should come in chapter 4. So uh, there is one little thing that we're going to have to modify a little bit. But you can see what's going on now. So if we can put this in overall terms, I find it helpful when you deal with accents to separate verbs from the rest of the words. That's because their accent operates differently. The verbs are recessive. The accent's always moving to the left. With the other words, chiefly, you know, chiefly the nouns and adjectives, because other words like adverbs and prepositions don't change their accent. They don't decline out. They don't change their forms. Um, for nouns and adjectives, what you essentially get is you've got to find out from the dictionary or whatever where the accent begins. And at that point, it will stay there unless something happens to the ultima. Normally, it turns long, and then you wind up with an acute on the penal, something like that. Generally speaking, if a word begins with an acute on the penal, it will just stay there. Okay, like my friend up there, agape, 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 agape. You know, kind of nothing happens. Uh, that's sort of the simplest, uh, simplest place you might say for an accent to occur. Um, now, let's look at the bottom of the sheet as the final point. <clears throat> an acute accent on the ultima changes to a so-called grave accent if a word follows without intervening punctuation. Now here's what I mean by that. Let's say you have a word like this. Adelphos, which means brother. And now let's say that a word follows it, such as this. All this says is that this acute accent turns around to become a grave accent. So in other words, they did not go Adelphos, like that. And one of the reasons for that is Greek never did two acute accents in a row. And you can see why if the voice was going up. It's got to come down at some point. Can't go... Something like that. So, uh, so in a sense, for those of you who've had some Greek before, there really isn't a grave accent. You know, my book also talks in terms of three accents, acute, circumflex, and grave. There really isn't a grave accent. A grave accent is just kind of default mode for acute when there's a word following. And as a matter of fact, they generally say that every syllable which was not accented specifically in Greek was deemed to have a grave accent on it. Something like this. Yeah, well, all right. I don't know how helpful that is, you know. Uh, 
so essentially, you are not having your voice make any particular move. So a grave accent is only this word with a word following, without in intervening punctuation. So they will, if there's a period there, they will keep it as an acute, or if there's a comma there. Okay? And only on the Ultima. Right. Only on the Ultima.